Masonic Light Podcast. This is Past Master Moira calling in with my critique slash recap of episode 100, entitled Episode 100. That's a real original name. Anyway, as usual, I have to pick on Larry. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you were surprised you're still alive, and, and we all are, but we're, we're glad you're still with us. I enjoyed this episode because... It was more of a historical perspective of how the the show has evolved since the beginning of in July 30th, 2016. I would like to congratulate Pete, Larry, Jack, Tim, and Josh. Each of you has a unique perspective and skill set, and because of that, the show um, are the shows are always excellent. Really, really appreciate listening to it, and I hope uh, you'll be around for another 100 episodes, and you'll allow me to uh, call in and pick on Larry. Again, thanks and good luck, and I'll be in touch. Bye. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Welcome, everybody. It's episode 102. 102. One, are you sure? 102? 102? There's no possible way. Sorry. Oh, my God. And we're still here. Um, on this week's uh, episode, uh, coming to you from our own basements again, uh, <laughs> we are going to be talking to Masonic clothiers Carl Hearn and Nathan Tweedy. Um, Nathan's been at it for a couple years with two pillars apparel. And I think Carl's like the, uh, well, he's probably the oldest of the new guys. You know, he's been doing this for a little longer than I have. So, uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to go around the room and we're going to see what you've been up to. We'll start with Jack. Jack, what has Jack been up to? Jack has been participating with the um, nascent Beersheba Grotto, which is trying to get started in District five more or less in pennsylvania it's a southeastern pa um chester county if you know the counties of pennsylvania and we've got enough people right now to i think to start the grotto so we're very excited about that i am still wearing my past monarch fez from ubar grotto that's my that's my mother grotto and it is a mother grotto but uh, other than that, we're just waiting for uh, waiting for somebody to rip the tape off and get back into this Masonic world. I'm 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 waiting. Nathan, what have you been up to for the past couple weeks? Uh, well, uh, Masonry is back open in New York State, and uh, neither of the two lodges that I belong to have met yet. But we're both going to meet uh, next week, so uh, that's exciting. But I've been filling my time online with uh, the Refracted Light Facebook group. Lots of great uh, education and lectures on there almost nightly. Uh, what? That, yeah. 
refracted light on Facebook. What? I didn't know about that. Really? Mm-hmm. Refracted light. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then you know, catching up on my favorite podcast. Maybe you guys. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what have you been up to? Well, uh, Eureka West Shore Lodge number three hundred and two held a family picnic. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, on the night that would have been a stated meeting if we'd had August stated meetings, um, we had about 50 guys show up. Uh, we had a pig roast. Um, we had some cigars and just a good fellowship, good time to come together. Uh, it just so happened to be the night that the uh, front edge of the uh, tropical storm blew up the coast. Fortunately, it, everybody got undercover before the rain came, and by the time we were done, the rain had kind of passed, so that was really nice. Um, but did that. Uh, I've actually been uh, working with the guys uh, with the Amity app. Uh, it's kind of Masonic, uh, especially since they were on this show, uh, trying to uh, clear some hurdles uh, so that more lodges in Pennsylvania can make use of it. Um, and other than that, that's been about it. Larry, have you done anything except uh, changing your dressings? Uh, no, the, the dressings are over with. I'm about to be released from nursing care. I'm on my own. Very good. Very good. Yeah, other than, than like being secretary for the, uh, what's that group? Mason Thursday? Oh, Goose and Gridiron. Oh, geez. Anyway, yeah, other than, you know, sending out notices and so forth and not attending, but I will be there this coming Thursday. Other than that, no, no, not much of anything. Alrighty then, uh, Josh. What do you have going on? Uh, just doing the uh, District One safety stuff for uh, getting back to lodge and working with the officers uh, on our plan and our responsibilities. You know, on the night of our upcoming stated meeting. Carl, what do you have going on, and where, where are you located? I am located in Chicago. Um, as far as what's been going on, uh, my lodge, my home lodge, Illumination Lodge Number 5, is still closed down. Uh, we meet in the Scottish Rite Building, and they have yet to open the Valley of Chicago. Uh, so we don't have a lodge. We are a lodge without a home. Um, so I basically uh, I did uh, attend a grotto ceremonial for Shai Il Grotto, my grotto. And oh, great grotto. You guys are killing it out there. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful grotto. We have a great time, and uh, that's really been everything that uh, has been going on masonically in my life. Well, Jack, we'll have to see if we can get some of the chill guys to come out to our Halloween hootenanny. Oh, do they dare? That'd be to nice. See how we how wrong we do it. We could have a fight in the parking lot with Azim and Chai Il. We can just do, let let them duke it out. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're from Chicago. They've got a little bit more experience yeah, with violence. They're coming in hot. I know. It's all right. It's we'll, all right. We'll, uh, we'll loot your lodges. <laughs> <laughs> so what have I been up to? Um, past couple weeks, I finished up most of my uh, artwork, all the drawing on Knights of the Zoroaster. Um, nice. I've working with, been working with Joey for getting it mixed. Uh, we finally got a hold of that diva tenor Barry Banks got him to record his part. Um, and then so mailing and selling crap. Um, 
And then uh, this is coming up but on Friday. I'm going to the Philly airport to pick up JD Smelzer, who's a worshipful master down in Midland, Texas, and a member of Azim Grotto in New York. Who knows how? But um, bringing him back here. And then on Saturday, he and Joey Doherty, a former guest, are going to drive out to California together. So that's kind of cool. Um, so we're going to take a quick but, break. But wait, but wait, Pete. Mo- more important than all of that. Oh, well, I. Is, is yours? No, 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 no. Wait. It's your I, squirrel saving efforts on behalf of oh, baby yeah. squirrel. Humanitarian. We, we got to talk about that, really. Squirrel, squirrelitarian. Um, so the wife went for a walk one day, and my big Doberman was like sniffing at something in the grass. And uh, it was a, a baby squirrel with his eyes closed, still all pink and stuff. And, you know, she she doesn't know much about animals. So she came back and asked me. I'm like, well, you should leave it because it probably just fell out and the mom will come get it. Or at least the mom will go to it and feed it. But she went back the next day on her walk and it was still there. So we picked it up. Um, and as I'm wondering how to take care of it, I realized that like in my care, it had a 99% chance of dying. So I drove it up almost to uh, Yangling territory to a wildlife refuge about an hour North of me. So um, no idea how he's doing, but you know, we, we did our good deed and we saved a squirrel Ta-da. and I'll probably go squirrel hunting this fall. So it really makes no sense, but. Um, quick thank you to all of our Patreons. Um, Tim, what do you have to say about those guys? Well, they are the ones that keep this content going. They keep this show going. It's and for their little, fault. I know. And for as little as $1 a month. $1. Just a dollar. You can support this podcast. And a thank you to all of our Patreons. And uh, we encourage uh, more of you to join those ranks. Patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. And anybody, even the dollar guys, you're going to get the Knights of the Zoroaster early. So, um, I don't know, there's a little bonus for you. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk to Masonic artists and clothiers, Carl Hearn and Nathan Tweedy. Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. From planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. everybody uh we're back and our two guests today 
are in the Masonic clothing business. And, you know, we probably should have talked to them a while back when we were talking about the Masonic Renaissance because, you know, when I joined the Masons 21 years ago, if I wanted to get a Masonic shirt, my option was that one Masonic logo that was out there in the world and the same two or three polo shirts that you could get from every company. So, uh, Welcome. Uh, we have our Carl Hearn from Ascended Masters Clothing and Nathan Tweedy of Two Parrels, Two Pillars Apparel. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, brother. And uh, so I wanted to ask you guys. So, Carl, you're, you've been around a little longer. When did you get started? Um, well, I've been doing this uh, going on almost seven years now. So, I mean, uh, it, it's been it's been a while. Uh, we did uh, do some name changes. Uh, we started off as Alter Ego Clothing, uh, and then uh, we changed that up to Ascended Masters Clothing. So, what was your uh, what was the your impetus to get you to to do get into this business? Um, well, like you mentioned, uh, you know, when I became Mason, the first thing I wanted to do was uh, you know show the lights and you know just uh, somehow uh, you know wear something Masonic and I started looking for stuff and, you know, just surfing the web and I, I didn't really find much, you know, there wasn't much out there. So then, uh, my wife had the great idea to say, Hey, uh, why don't you just design your own stuff and then see how it goes. Did a shirt, uh, gave half the, uh, half the prints to my lodge brothers. And then, uh, it went, you know, that's how it all started. That's awesome. And, uh, Nathan, you're, you're, you're about two or three years in business. How did you get started? Did we lose Nathan? Did we lose Nathan? Did we lose Nathan? And we're back after some uh, technical stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan, you were the first one to go missing, and then I went missing looking for you. Just like a, we're talking about paramedics, <laughs> the first man in to help is usually the first, you know, the one that gets hurt. Um, so, throw, don't go. what got you started? At, what got you started in the uh, Masonic clothing business? Well, so uh, it was just a few months after I was raised a Master Mason that uh, I heard about this thing called Masonicon in Attleboro. Uh, so I went there and uh, came across Alter Ego, um, later Ascended Master. So actually, Carl had a huge uh, impact on me deciding to go this route. Um, and actually, my first Masonic ring I bought from him. Uh, and I was wearing that ring at a New Jersey Devils game uh, a few months later. It was my first NHL game. And this guy, uh, there's a woman sitting next to me and a guy next to her. And he just kept like peeking around. It turned out it was his wife. Kept peeking around his wife, looking at me. I'm like, what is up with this guy? What is he doing? Uh, and he was trying to see if my ring was a Masonic ring or not. Finally, he realized it was. And, you know, we struck up a nice conversation. Uh, and so at that point, it's like, you know, I really wish I could just show like, hey, I'm a Mason. Right there, proud and everything along with my team, uh, my team color. So I, I quickly mocked up a New Jersey Devil style uh, hockey jersey with a square encompasses on the front. And... Uh, 
combine that with the fact that I was working at the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown at the time, so I was surrounded by baseball and doing research and Masons and baseball, and all just kind of came together. So right now I, I have all uh, baseball and hockey items because uh, it ties together things I love, sports and masonry, so it's great. Very cool. Yeah, I saw that, that even though you're a Devils fan, I saw you had uh, Flyers colors, so I was impressed that you you lowered yourself <laughs> to do that. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we can't all be perfect. Uh, so just for, actually, just for a second, that. hang on a minute, just for a second, you threw something out there I got to grab. Um, Masons in baseball. What, what, what did you yeah. find? Uh, so... Um, I the most recent time I've given my lecture on baseball and masonry, I said there were 60 masons that are members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it turns out it's actually 61 that I can confirm now. Uh, so it's always ongoing, especially uh, guys that were Prince Hall masons. Uh, I really haven't been able to get into a lot of the records there, but uh, along with uh, Right Worshipful Kerry Cohn down in Long Island and uh, uh, brother Jerry Erickson, who I believe is a uh, uh, past quite a few years past, uh, they're, they're big research topics, and so I combined their research with my own. But yeah, 61 of the uh, around 300 inductees of the Baseball Hall of Fame are Masons. Wow. Nice. That's cool. Crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll start with, go back to Carl. Carl, what are some of the biggest headaches that you've had during this process or like learning lessons that you, you got into? Well, the biggest, uh, biggest thing for me is just trying to please everyone. Um, you know, everyone wants something different. Um, and it's just, it's just never going to happen. I mean, no matter how hard you try, someone's just not going to like something you put out. Um, you know, your, your, your design's too controversial and things like that. Um, the biggest <laughs> issue that I've got is, is, is skulls. You know, you've got a lot of the older guys who will debate you tooth and nail saying, hey, skulls have no place in masonry and, and things like that. And that's just, you know, it's it, anyone who knows the esoterics of it, anyone who knows the history of it knows that. The skull does have a you know certain place in, in the craft, and uh, you know that's one of the biggest things that I get, believe it or not. And you or they could go further down the York right, down right path. You got some feedback, I, I know, even in the grotto circles. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. So I, you know, I mean that that you have in common with us. <laughs> <laughs> For our we just have small fezzes. That's a whole another thing. And then, and then we all bought Daniel's uh, Daniel Di Natale's uh, Hawaiian shirt, and almost got kicked out again. <laughs> wow. Uh, Nathan, I know you had a problem because you you you, you did not learn a good lesson that no yeah. good deed goes unpunished. So tell everybody what you tried to do and what you did do with the masks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, obviously New York was uh, one of the first hotspots for the COVID-19 pandemic here in the United States. And being in upstate New York, obviously, uh, the decisions the governor made for the state impacted me. And so early on, I realized, hey, these masks are probably going to be around for a while. Uh, and that's the same point where nursing homes are really starting to get hit pretty hard. So uh, I thought I would kind of take a little initiative and help out the Masonic Care community in Utica, New York. Uh, and get them some masks. So I reached out to some suppliers and was able to find some uh, some masks that had some antimicrobial properties. They're not medical grade, but a little bit better than your usual cloth mask. And uh, minimum order was 500 pieces. So I was like, great, I'll sell 250 and donate 250. Uh, I sold out uh, of the 250 masks, um, was it like 72 hours? It was less than three full days I sold out. 
Uh, and I was like, great. Now I just have to wait for them to come in. Usually uh, from that uh, suppliers in that area, it usually takes me about three weeks to get my items. Uh, it took me about three months to get my items. Uh, they came the first week in June, I believe. I finally received the masks when uh, sales went up in, in mid-March. So, yeah, that was uh, that was brutal. And uh, much like uh, you guys saw with the uh, uh, the Knights of the Quarantine Jewels, uh, demand was high. It still is. I still get emails about, hey, can I get a mask? And I, it was a one-and-done shot. So don't come to me looking for masks anytime soon. Uh, but there's plenty of other places making them. Pro prob wait, problems with jewels? I don't know what you're talking about. What what is <laughs> it was flawless. What is that? What is, what is, I, that what is this problem of which you speak? Yes. <laughs> so what have what have been your guys' uh, like your best seller? So like what are you known? What uh, product is kind of your flagship? What are you known for, Carl? Um well I mean uh, some people might know uh you know, t shirts are are our hottest thing. Um, you know, that's what we're known for. Uh, we do sell hats, you know, jewelry and, and things like that. We're moving on into uh, having a little bit more pins available. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we're going to be releasing some new pins here shortly. Uh, but as Nathan said, I mean, the demand is so high in, in certain places and in certain things that, uh, you know, for example, uh, uh, military green uh, material. Uh, for t-shirts and things like that is, is really scarce right now since they're using that all for masks. Um, I had my uh, green dragon tavern uh, shirts delayed because of that. So that's just, it's just been a real nightmare trying to get uh, you know, supplies and things like that. Uh, so it's just, uh, it's a, it's a hurdle that we just got to overcome, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, new things that we've got coming out on the horizon. So it's looking good. And Carl, you, I found out through like when, we had a little brouhaha that somebody, so our buddy, um, John bridegroom designed the jewel for us for the nights of the quarantine. And somebody made one that was eerily similar to ours and it caused a little bit of a ruckus, but somebody told me that the, a Chinese company totally stole one of your original pieces of art and like just, and everything almost, Total, correct? Yeah, actually, uh, there was a, a place uh, on, on Facebook uh, that they basically went into my website and took everything, like every design that we, we've got, and they put it out on their own page, and it, it was just a nightmare. And this stuff, this stuff is still out there, but there's really not much we can do because, uh, you know, they're located in China, and, uh, you know, the laws and all that uh, are a little crazy. But we're working on trying to, uh, you know, pass a lawsuit on there to see uh, – what we can get resolved with this, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty bad. And I know that, uh, when I see brothers doing that to other brothers, that's, that's just, uh, you know, that's just, that's terrible. And I, I, I did call out that one brother that, uh, copied your jewel and all that. That was, uh, that was, uh, pretty, uh, it got pretty intense between, uh, that brother and, and John and all that, but, uh, we all kind of talked about it and hashed it out. So, it's it's all good now. It did. It 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 all worked out. I mean, everybody like was upright about the whole thing and said, "You're right. It was inappropriate. I apologize. It was done and done. I mean, it was clean, and it was really a good example of what Freemasons ought to be. I think, anyway. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I wish the initial thing didn't happen, but it resolved itself way better yeah. than. Carl's situation with the Chinese. Yeah. Well, the well, I think I, I think, think it's a lesson are. for all of us. Though we're we're all very anxious and 
happy to cut and paste stuff and say, hey, let's just do this with this. And we realize that it's someone's property rights, somebody's intellectual right. property. And um, it's just a reminder to all of us. Nathan, have you had say, any uh, uh, drama? So I haven't had anything quite like Carl did. Uh, I will say the one fantastic thing, because I follow, follow Carlo's pages pretty closely and, you know, all the other guys in the, the Masonic uh, g- game, I guess, if you will, for uh, whatever wares they're selling, be they aprons or other stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, guys really came out and supported Carl pretty hard in that, uh, calling out the, the pages that were uh, stealing the stuff. And uh, if they saw the ads, they'd you know say, this is a ripoff, go here if you want it. So uh, that really made me pretty happy to see the brothers coming out to support Carl in that situation. Um, I haven't had anyone directly rip off my stuff yeah. because, in all honesty, mine's mine's not uh, as I'd say original. I suppose it's really is. I just uh, I take my designs and I kind of uh, build them around team designs that already exist. Um, so I, I don't really have to worry about that too much. But there are some uh, some companies out there that are producing Masonic baseball jerseys, um, and those have been really poor quality when they've come in. And uh, some people have associated those with me. So not necessarily the same thing, but uh, people thinking that since I'm the only Masonic uh, jersey supplier they've come across, that those poor quality ones that people talk about are mine. Uh, but but yeah, I haven't had anything quite like uh, Carl has. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Carl Hearn and Nathan Tweedy. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market. And a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse. Or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life. One that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com. Or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back from our vacation at break, uh, whatever that was, that we just heard things that we're not really sure what it was that we heard. But welcome back. Um, we're with uh, Carl and Nathan. And and just the thing that I uh, made the mistake of mentioning during the break was um, I'm a big I'm a big be the change guy. And these guys are two really good examples uh, of people that have come into the fraternity and seen a need and and made the difference and and have started doing something that wasn't being done before and i just i mean nothing else but to commend you guys for being willing to put your necks out a little bit and being the change to take the fraternity in its next steps and i i really appreciate that and uh i know there's a lot of other guys now 
let's talk for a minute about, and we talked about this before we started recording, um, like how many orders do you get from 80-year-old guys online? <laughs> okay, Carl, you're first. <laughs> um, you know, uh, luckily I don't see, uh, you know, the age demographics of my customers. <laughs> Let me explain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that in person, you know, we do a lot of actual events, and uh, there are some of the older brethren that, that, that do purchase. Um, you know, it surprises me every time, and... You know, there we we do have we do have an an, an older demographic as well, um, but it's 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 you know it's this is all done this is all being done for modern masons you know for for the young guys that uh, you know are, are willing to uh, wear something a little bit edgier you know just something that uh, is not your common uh, everyday you know your your grandfather's masonry and whatnot. Right, Nathan. You said that you before we started. You said that you've experienced a really significant like spike in internet in sales. Right. So, h- how is that affecting your business, and and where do you see that going? Uh, you know, going forward, um, because uh, COVID's supposed to end in November, right? That that's what they're saying. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i um i don't do as many i don't know nearly as many uh insight kind of sales as, as carl does uh so uh the few that i've done i've really enjoyed i've tried try to do more this year but they all got canceled uh but as a result of not being able to get out there and as a result <laughs> as a result of uh some of the different promotions i kind of put together i've seen a huge spike plus just online sales are up in general because people are stuck home and bored so they're buying stuff um but yeah i've seen a huge spike in my sales this year um the last few months i saw more sales uh than i have in, in quite a long time on my uh, on my web store, but also I've been putting out a lot more new merchandise as well. So I think that's a big part of it as well. But yeah, it's it's forced me to kind of look at my store, look at the look at uh, Two Pillars Apparel as a whole, and where I want to go with it. Because uh, I mean, I, the whole point of this was I wanted to just you know make enough money to to get the stuff that I liked, I wanted to wear, uh, make some stuff for some other guys to wear, and then hopefully make enough money to pay my dues. Uh, and if I did that, I'd consider it a win. Uh, it's really more of a, a hobby than it is really anything else. Uh, and if I can turn a slight profit on it, great. But yeah, it's uh, it's more about just making the stuff and enjoying it. So it's uh, kind of figuring out what the next step is, what's the next product I want to put out. And I've got tons of feedback. Uh, like Carl said earlier, no matter what item you put out, you're going to get some feedback. Uh, you're never going to make everyone happy, especially when you focus on sports. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm a Devils fan. I don't. My, my first mock-up was a Devils jersey. I don't even sell a Devils item right now. Um, I'm a Mets fan. Then <laughs> we don't blame you at all. You notice there's a team. To the team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to like teams that don't perform well. So. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, so it's really making kind of look. Yeah. I went to Masonic week uh, one time and set up a table. Didn't last long. Cause one of my buddies took me out to bars. Mm-hmm. So I just like threw a sheet over my table and went out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> So if you're ever competing against Pete in, uh, in in merchandise sales, just take well, him out. Well, the good news with good news with Masons, they're pretty honest. So I came back and there was a hundred dollars in cash <laughs> under the blanket. People took, they took scarves and they left me money. Oh lord, that's not surprising at all. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I was beside the guy from Texas. I forget his name. He does uh, upon the Dennis Burns. And, and hmm. yep, and he he was coming up with. 
he kind of like would get Masonic stuff and then put a twist on it. So at that time, he was selling those Star Trek communicators that look like a square yeah. and compass. And he was telling me, because he said like, he had some you know, really beautiful stuff. But when he launched that, it, it was just like he was printing money, like kind of like us with the, with the quarantine jewel. You know, it's just time. The right thing came out at the right time when people wanted it. And what Mario in New York, Mario uh, Peranti told me in New York, he's like, every one of these new Masons has nothing, no gear, and they have a hundred dollars that they're going to spend on T-shirts and hats and pins. They're going to spend it somewhere. So you better like stick your hand in there and try and be the one that gets some of it. Like, so. Yeah, that, and that's that's the thing, brothers. It's uh. You know, we're, we're us as Masons, we're going to spend our money. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to buy stuff. So whenever I hear anyone that's opposed to a brother making something and making money off the craft or things like that, you know, that just it, it almost brings a tear to my heart because it's like, you know, hey, you know, they're going to buy it from somewhere. Why? Why are we giving our money to China or why are we giving our money to some guy on eBay that that's not even a brother? You know, why can't we support brothers when they're actually using their craft? to produce something for the craft it's it's it baffles my mind yeah i totally agree with you on that one plus uh i mean i have a strict policy i won't make anything for an organization i don't belong to i've had a lot of people requesting shrine goods i'm not a shriner i'm not going to make shrine items uh until i do you should join shrine Uh, and i think a big part of that is (laughs) but i think a huge part is we get our symbols and we understand what they mean so when we incorporate it in it's going to have more meaning to it and that's that's what you're not going to get from you know the the random guy that sells some Masonic stuff. So yeah, that's. And I mean, Carl, you're the one that does it. I think best right now. I, I love your stuff, and I love how you throw stuff in in a way I never would. So thank you, brother. Doing that. Yeah, you you have such cool original art, and that's um, that's one of the things. Like, you know, my my scarves. There was no great art. That's just you know, just stuff I just drew out and had to be geometric because it's like designing something for 8-bit Nintendo. <laughs> uh, cause it, well, because it's, it's knit. It's knit. I can't get any detail. Yeah. But, um, you know, in the past, six months ago, I bought a first my first iPad, and I'm learning how to, like, sketch on, on electronically and not on paper. And, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's like there's a whole new world out there, and... Um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of opportunities. So everybody learn and create. That's what Masons are supposed to keep learning. So, I mean, I, at 50, I taught, I'm teaching myself electronic graphic arts. It's, it's insane. Oh, that's great, brother. So Larry. Yo, <laughs> wait, is Larry here today? <laughs> what? Welcome back. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anything in in the works that you're excited about that you want to talk about? Any um, and any uh, art projects that you, you think are going to be good or coming out soon? I can jump out first on that one, I guess. Uh, so I'm actually doing a current promotion that I'm a big fan of. Uh, so sports teams have just come back, right? So baseball's going, the NBA started up, the NHL started up, and since everything I have right now is either baseball or hockey related. Uh, my promotion is from one month from the league started back up or started, uh, or the promotional goes so for one month or until the league gets shut down. <laughs> um, so hopefully fans will follow that a little bit closer. But uh, 
I mentioned the shrine, and I am working on some shrine items. I'm talking to some shriners uh, to make sure I'm not doing anything that uh, isn't necessarily, uh, I don't know, kosher, I guess. Uh, but uh, uh, what I'm going to do is when I uh, put it all out for pre-order, I'm going to tell guys, like, here you go. Uh, I'm going to join the shrine, and I'm not going to join the shrine until uh, the proceeds, uh, until there's enough, uh, you know, net proceeds for me to uh, uh, to join the shrine. So it's going to pay my dues for my initial entry. And then from there forth, we can put out shrine stuff because that's the biggest request I get. So I do have some shrine items in the work. They'll be coming out soon. Also, the NHL just announced its newest uh, hockey team, the uh, Seattle Kraken, which uh, you can just guess what their fans are going to be called uh, officially or unofficially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and believe it or not, the Pacific Northwest is actually one of the places I sell pretty well. Um, and that all goes. Uh, I, I, thought that area was, I thought that area was affected more by heroin than crack. <laughs> oh, crack! I like the big sea monster. I got it with a K. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I do have quite a lot of customers out in the Pacific Northwest, thanks mainly to uh, most worshipful Jim Mendoza. I just randomly met him on the street in Cooperstown, and uh, he wanted my stuff and. He is just a huge fixture out there, so it's it's gone well there, and uh, so I got to support them like they support me. So they're getting their new hockey team, so they're getting a a, a Kraken jersey here fairly soon. Nice. So uh, Nathan, go give a shout out to your business. Uh, where on the internet can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me at twopillarsapparel.com. Uh, it's two spelled out T W E pillars or T W E T W O pillarsapparel.com. <laughs> It's the old wow. English spelling. You're yeah. going to get a job wow. with that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a natural. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, uh, <laughs> I put out my promotions and stuff on my Facebook page, so Two Pillars Apparel there as well. And uh, Carl, what do you have going on? Uh, well, you know, with this whole uh, COVID thing that's that's been going on, uh, business was doing okay. I, I, you know, all of our actual live events were canceled, so that that was the bulk of our sales there. Um, so we we kind of uh, switched gears a little bit, and I started focusing on uh, selling antiques. Uh, so we do have our antiques page. I've got a huge collection of you know personal collection of antiques that I've just kind of been moving about. Uh, you know, big bulky things that I just don't have room for and things like that. So the antiques page, which is on Facebook, it's called uh, Masonic Antiques and Collectibles. Uh, we've been primarily focusing on there. Uh, we, we're doing some auctions now on there and uh, we'll facilitate auctions for brothers as well. Uh, so that's been picking up pretty well. We've got over 7,000 members so far. And, uh, you know, people can come in from, from anywhere, you know, all over the world if they've got Masonic stuff that they want to sell or display or show off you know brothers are, are enjoying that now uh you know while there's really not much going on so that's that's really what we've been focusing on lately um as far as ascended masters clothing goes uh you know we're you know we're, we're still working on things coming up with things uh there'll be some new stuff coming up as soon as all this uh gets over and done with uh you know, we'll have some more uh, designs out. As I mentioned before, we, we've got some pins coming up. Uh, we've got a couple uh, new de new pin designs we'll be releasing here shortly. And then we've got some other things in the works. Uh, we're trying to find brothers that, uh, you know, can help us out as far as uh, foundry work. Look, looking to make some ashtrays, hopefully, uh, in the near future. So I need a brother that can work in brass, things like that. So if anyone, any, any of your listeners out there can do that, please reach out to me. Uh, we are looking for someone that can uh, help us create something. Uh, I've got a few ideas in mind. 
things like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just uh, it's fun. Like Nathan mentioned earlier, this is this is really a hobby of mine that just blew up into a business, and it's just I I love doing it. You know, I love making stuff for brothers, and it's just it's wonderful. You know, it's a it's a blessing in disguise here. Uh, just uh, being able to deal with all, all of this, and it, I, I don't look at it as a as, as a job. Really, it's just you know, it's it's a hobby. You know, it's it's a passion. It's a, it's it's a love. So, um, and, what, and, and what's what's the website uh, for your for your stuff? My website is ascendedmastersclothing.com. Ascended A S C E N D E D mastersclothing.com. So I got so I'll make a big uh, announcement that Larry I think Larry knows about it but none of the other guys know about it. So you talk about your the big thing when we released that jewel um you know we thought what we what, what Jack that we're going to sell 30 or 40 Yeah, that was the first guess. Yeah. After a year, maybe. Yeah, so we <laughs> sold 200 of the original ones, and then we're now we're over – we're about 600 of the black ones. Wow. So I think my best year selling scarves was like grossing $4,000. Um, I had like 17000 or 18000 rolling <laughs> to PayPal in one month. Holy cow. <laughs> and- wow, that's great. And uh, yeah, magically, magically, um, the government cares about me now. And <laughs> what is that you're selling? Yeah, yeah. So you know, somebody's got to pay for those COVID checks that are going out. I guess it's going to be me yep. this year. But uh, so I completely was freaking out what to do because you know I'm on disability because of my uh, cancer treatment, and I'm allowed to make twelve thousand dollars a year. I'm not allowed to make eighteen thousand. Um, but so the paperwork is done or not done yet, but it's all in the works. Masonic Light Podcast is officially a LLC at this point. And then we're going to have to figure out how to uh, work in some of this merchandise that's, you know, going forward. But uh, my goal is to kind of at someday dissolve the scarf business and, um, you know, run everything through the the podcast and the podcast can benefit from it and I can benefit from some of the tax breaks of a LLC. So very cool. That's great news, brother. Well, if you guys start, yeah, if you guys start offering some uh, autographed Larry Maris pictures, I think those will sell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hold hold that thought. We we have the Larry Maris 2020 calendar. That's going to, yeah. We're going to introduce it in March of 2021. That'll be the thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that could be the scariest, the scariest calendar ever. Could you imagine the men of Masonic podcasting calendar? Oh, Lord. Oh. And as fat and ugly as our show is, we're kind of like a Masonic medium. There's some, like, oh, not really. There's some scarier guys than us, which makes me feel better. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, one of I the things say, that, though, yeah, go ahead, I was Nate. Gonna say, 
uh, once I started doing, uh, you know, my apparel, I learned that a, a Masonic medium, I know we're, you're talking looks, not sizes, but a Masonic medium is not the rest of the world's medium. <laughs> that's for sure. Masonic <laughs> medium is like a double extra large. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Back to you, Carl. I asked you a couple, because I, I had this idea for a shirt I wanted to make. And I, I've stayed away from shirts because I don't want to stock all these different sizes. So I said, Carl, can you just, where do you, what sizes do you sell? So how do, how do you, what's your most popular size? Yeah. Um, that, that I will, uh, I will say that is the biggest pain of all this is keeping up with sizes. I've got, I've got to stock all this stuff on hand. And when I print, you know, I don't have, I don't have the machinery, so I've got to use a printer. And when I print, they've got a minimum. So I've got to keep, you know, I've got to keep 72 shirts in stock of each design and then we run into sizes. So what sizes sell out and what sizes do we keep on hand? I think the most popular size that we sell is an XL. So either large or XL. Um, you know, anything large. I would, large, large, Masonic large is like a fifth grader. Right? Yeah, but believe it or not, that, that is that is our, our, our two most popular sizes, large and extra large. Ah. That's funny. <laughs> Mine are XL and 2XL, so that's funny. Yeah. Well, you're in rural, rural New York. They, they, oh no, the Chicago's got better food. So it's, you know, oh, we use a lot of corn syrup and everything. Yep. <laughs> so, how, Carl, how, Carl, how many like medium shirts do you have stacked up in a corner with getting dusty? You know, medium. I don't really carry too many. I think I print of each design. I think I print about maybe three mediums. <laughs> so, and I still, I still have a lot of mediums left. Oh, so, well, one of the things I'm, I'll, I'll throw this out there to you guys, if you guys are interested, because I was talking, when I was talking to John Bridegroom, I really think we need to get a, a small group, maybe on Facebook, um, of creative Masonic people. It doesn't have to just be stores. It isn't about selling. Maybe it's just more or less to like bounce ideas off each mm -hmm. other. Cause you know, I, I look at some of the stuff that, uh, and and the people they know, like, like you guys have done shows. You've you you have um, vendors. Um, I never would have been able to find John John Bridegroom if a brother didn't refer him to me. Um, you know, and and Ryan Flynn. I mean, he's you know he's selling kind of fancy art than we sell, but you know it's just we have a, we have a, a a core group of creative people, and I think we just need to kind of keep that going. Absolutely. I think one of the things that we're lacking as far as, uh, you know, Masonic craftsmen go is, is that support between one another. Uh, you know, we, we don't have that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I kind of also get the sense sometimes too, that, that guys are actually competing and it just doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, it's like, why do we have to have this competition when we're all, you know, we're all brothers and we're all in it for the same reason. It's not like, you know, we're, you know, two big corporations fighting it out over who's going to have the customer. You know, every every, every mason out there is going to want to have you know a different T-shirt. You know, it's going to they're going to they're going to spend their money no matter what it is, and uh, you know, fighting back and forth over customers it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so we do need to have like a resource of of where brothers can go and, and find stuff that's actually made by legitimate brothers, uh, as opposed to just going on Amazon and purchasing a random shirt or a random ring from from someone that uh, is not a Mason, and I think I think if uh, Grand Lodges were to get behind this and, and say, "Hey, this is a list of 
of actual Masonic vendors that are brothers that you can buy from, you know, if they were to get behind that movement, you know, that, that would, that would make it even better where we wouldn't have companies like these Chinese companies that, you know, uh, profit off the craft and sell stuff. Cause there are a lot of brothers that, that buy it, some of this stuff because they don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, so I guess I'll add that to my project list. <laughs> and yeah, I, so, I have to, I have to say though, uh, it's, it's, you're totally right though, that, uh, uh, we're really, I don't look at it as, I mean, Carl's also a, a t-shirt guy and he's doing pins. That's really what I do. Shirts and pins. I don't see him as competition at all. Uh, not only because we're totally different styles, but also like, I don't care. Like we both said, this is a hobby for us. It's like, yeah, you might make, you know, you might need that money for something here or there, but like, it's, it's really just a hobby. It, it's such a great way to just meet people. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I can't tell you how many guys I've met just because of doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, whenever these, wh- whenever the world opens back up, we should make sure we all find some event that uh, has vendors and, you know, we can all show up together and then we can all go out and have a uh, a cocktail in the evening when it's all done. I agree. I'd be up for that. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to wrap up. We're going to hear Jack's news, whatever uh, other segments people have sent us in. And, of course, our friend Larry is going to send us home. (gasps) Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck is here again to give an update from my lodge, the Broken Plot number 377. As Masons, we often talk about the mysteries of Freemasonry. Many of us have no idea what that means, but the members of the Brogan Plot experience firsthand some mysteries themselves this month. Every summer, our lodge gets together in August for our annual picnic. It is always a nice opportunity for us to sit down with our families, enjoy a great meal and fellowship. Most years we do a pick roast with a pick donated by one of the brothers. But this year, given the craziness that is 2020, we decided to go a little bigger and better. Brother Jeremiah Wasserman has a cousin who lives down at the shore, and he said that he had an inn on fresh clams. We all agreed and planned for a good old-fashioned clam bait. On the day of the picnic, we all gathered in the grove out behind the temple. Brother Wasserman showed up with 5,000 fresh little neck clams. Brother Charlie Welchkun brought 25 dozen fresh sweet corn from his garden, and all the brothers and their families brought a multitude of side dishes. The lodge furnished two kegs of ice-cold PA Dutch-style birch beer. The weather was beautiful, and everyone was excited to enjoy the day properly socially distanced, of course. The clams were steaming in the iron kettles, the corn was cooking away, and butter was being melted. Ayama, what more could one want? The time had fun- finally come, and the food was brought to the tables. Everything smelled wonderfully good. After an appropriate blessing from our chaplain and a toast from the worshipful master, we all dug in. Things seemed to be going well at first until a large commotion broke out at the Schlucker family table. Unbeknownst to brother Harry Schlucker, he had a shellfish allergy and he started blowing up like a groundhog that had been hit on the road and left there on a hot summer day. Since he didn't know about the allergy, he didn't have an EpiPen on him and sadly neither did anyone else. Now earlier I had mentioned mysteries. Well, it is a well-known fact among the Pennsylvania Dutch that we have a mystical side to our culture too, powwowing. 
Powwowing is a traditional form of healing. Now some call it witchcraft, others believe it's nothing more than a bunch of hooey, and others truly believe in its knowledge and abilities. As Brother Schlucker was gasping for air, Brother Patrick Braucher ran to the table, and many of the brethren weren't aware that Brother Patrick was a sixth-generation powwower, having learned the trade from his father and his grandfather. Brother Patrick quickly jumped to work. He grabbed a ribbon from Brother Schlucker's daughter's hair, got behind Brother Schlucker, dragged the ribbon across his throat three times while mumbling something in Pennsylvania Dutch that none of us could quite make out. He then ran over to the fire that was cooking the clams, threw the ribbon into the flames, and shouted, Not gay fun! As soon as he had done this, miraculously, Brother Schlucker's throat seemed to open up, and he could breathe again, as if nothing had ever happened. We all rejoiced and gave Brother Patrick a standing ovation. We all finished our meals and enjoyed an afternoon of quates, cheap cigars, and cold birch beer. Now, some of you might think that this is a crazy story, and it just can't be true. Rubbing a ribbon over someone's throat, mumbling Pennsylvania Dutch words, and throwing it into a fire. Come on, Dutchy Doug, that's just nonsense. Well, I can't explain it either. It's a mystery. All I know is that I saw it with my own eyes. Sometimes in life, the things that we don't or can't understand can have the most meaning. I'll let Brother Patrick continue his healing work without complaining or any criticizing from me. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel, just search Doug Maidenford. And to learn more about the traditional healing practices of powwowing among the Pennsylvania Dutch, look up the book Powwowing in Pennsylvania by Patrick Dunmoyer. It's available at Masthof Press. Visit them at masthof, M-A-S-T-H-O-F, dot com. In Masonic News Today, at a recent rehearsal of the 35th degree at the Valley of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, things went wildly amiss when Moses attempted to part the Red Sea and the fire sprinkler system filled the Masonic Center with nearly 3,000 gallons of water. The leak, being on the fourth floor, caused water to cascade through the building, resulting in damage on three lower floors. When asked for comment, Degree Master C. Harry Groening said, We decided next year we're doing Pillars of Fire. What could possibly go wrong? We agree, Larry. What could? That's the Masonic News. So mode it was. <laughs> So, uh, Josh, Josh is a worshipful master in that building. Can you explain to our listeners what happened? I think initially they thought it was a uh, uh, the sprinkler system, but then I think they changed it to a, a pipe that burst instead. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Now, now I'm guessing. Uh, that's fake news, Josh. Fake news. Sorry. Yeah. Either way, the only call. thing I know is that. Uh, they're they're ripping out all the carpet. Uh, all the stuff from the museum is getting taken out. Um, 
there's uh, like an inventory company that's coming in and doing all the inventory for the uh, the museum and the pieces and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be probably a good good three months until anybody can meet there. Well, I'm going to breakfast tomorrow, so I will have the updated report. Well, we expect a field <laughs> report from our uh, our field reporter, uh, Larry Maris. okay what does everybody have coming up uh in the next uh, couple weeks uh jack well uh, one of our members has uh is being the change and decided to just call a picnic so we're gonna have a picnic uh later on this month down at greater park in Ephrata, and just to bring the people out to get together again for a the first time in a very long time. So we're excited about that. And other than that, I've got some various secret uh, Masonic invite bodies happening and, uh, and we're just going to just keep on keeping on. Brother Carl. Uh, hopefully. Of Ascended Masters Clothing. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be having another sales event. Uh, we did uh, have a, a live sales event where uh what we did was uh, we rented out the uh, suite on a hotel and uh, we had uh, set up uh, our merchandise there and brothers came out and we had a good time, drinks and whatnot, cigars, and it was pretty good. Uh, and brothers wanted want to do it again, so we'll most likely be doing that in a couple weeks. Would you like to come to Harrisburg in September? <laughs> We'd love to. I mean, if we can get something going like that everywhere, especially now that things are shut down, we're willing to travel. Tim, can we make that happen? Uh, we'll see. Um, since I've uh, since, since I've got the mic here, I will just share that on September the thirteenth, uh, the Valley of Harrisburg is hope is hosting a uh, pig roast and cigar smoker at the Valley of Harrisburg. You can go online at valleyofharrisburg.org and uh, look under Valley Events and uh, get tickets there. They're twenty five dollars each. There's going to be live music. Um, there's going to be a lot of cigar smoking. There's going to be a pig roasting. Uh, the Masonic Light podcast team will be there. Sure. And, um, yeah, if you want to talk to me offline, I'll see if we can get you connected to the person that can uh, perhaps Great. make that happen. Nathan, you'd be a part of that as well. Great. Look forward to it. Tim, why don't you talk to Josh and see what he's got going on? <laughs> Gosh, what are you going on the next? I love this. We love our technology. This is why we love our Patreons so much because we need to get our stuff together. Josh, what have you got going on Masonically the next couple of weeks? Uh, just continuing to uh, plan for our upcoming meeting um, and figure out where exactly we're going to have it. Uh, try to get a last minute dispensation for moving our meeting and COVID stuff. So, other than that, that that's about it. You okay? Who's next, Pete? Uh, Nathan, what do you have going on? Uh, well, uh, for the first time since March, both of my lodges, Delaware River Lodge four thirty nine and Delhi, New York, will be meeting, uh, and so will Otsego Lodge number one thirty eight in Cooperstown, New York, uh, and so we'll be electing our officers, and I'm sure we have plenty of business to take care of uh, since we haven't met in the last five months. Uh, but yeah, excited for that. Hopefully, I will uh, no longer be junior warden, so that'd be nice. That's that's because you'll be senior warden, right? <laughs> well, let's hope. Yeah. 
Larry, are you, uh, do you have breakfast coming up? Yeah, breakfast tomorrow, goose and gridiron. My first breakfast really back. How many people are showing up now in this? Let's place? be careful. Oh, about there. 10 or 12. Not many. It's still pretty good. Yeah, the Masonic really Center. Are. The Masonic Center is very well represented, by the way. They take up a table of six. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do I have going on? Uh, Jack, Jack and I are going to a dinner this Sunday with some of our uh, 27 of our closest Not friends. Not this Sunday. Oh, next, the last Sunday, Le- the final Sunday. Of fifth the Sunday. Um, and then on September 9th, we are going to be releasing episode number 103. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, before that, we're going to, our next guest is going to be Heather Calloway. And then the episode after that is going to be the, uh, the Knights of the Zoroasters. Uh, so that's all I'm doing is just putting the finishing touches on that train wreck. Um, <laughs> the pin is gorgeous, by the way. Thank yeah, you. it is awesome. Thank you. Um, and uh, it's tough. It's tough because if I played like Tim's part for you, it's so dry. So we had to add some things in post production to try and pick it up. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> You told us just to read it. <laughs> well, like, like read it like uh, I don't know, an actor. Uh, really? That's why I'm not an actor. <laughs> I, oh, I've seen work at the Valley of Harrisburg, so yeah. I can <laughs> hey, Larry. Yo. Why don't you? Do you want to take us out of here? Yeah. Cure the chickens. Special thanks to Everett Lodge 665 for making their broadcast studio available. I'm assuming it's still there. Am I right? No, it was flooded by a burst pipe. Oh, jeez. It's still there. Just kidding. (laughs) It's still there, Larry. I just ordered, I I got a huge box of uh, acoustical foam tiles. I did not realize that they were vacuum packed. So when I opened it, they exploded all over my living room. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'll try to squeeze those into my Civic because if they were in my Jeep, they'd blow away. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try and get those installed coming up soon. Also, thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director, who continues to make this train wreck of a show very listenable to our audience. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, and Tim Dedman, our marketing director. To Masonic Life Podcast contributors Michelle Snyder, Jim Stevens, and Dutchie Dudmod Maddenford. And really, I have nothing really to close tonight with. Isn't that strange? Yay! Yay! No, never mind. I won't tell the joke. Never mind. (laughs) Most of you wouldn't get it anyway. Uh. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. This is Larry Maris. Brother, this is Tim. Brother Carl and Brother Nathan, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Tell, tell everybody to stay on until it records. And Well, no, somebody tell Josh to say goodbye because I can't hear him. Say goodbye, Josh. Goodbye, Josh. Nice. There you go.